I just don't judge people. I don't judge any of that stuff. I live in the moment. You know, all I can control is right now, today. Wow. Tomorrow, one of us may get hurt tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. The fight could be off, blah, blah, blah. And so I just live for today. I don't even think about tomorrow and worry about next week when I fight. I just worry about today and what I can do today and what I can be ready for today. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Oh, that's right. King. You're just going king. I just read that. And is that official? Yes, sir. Nice. Okay. Well, um, you're fighting one of my favorite fighters of all time. And but I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. How do you how are you feeling about that? You think it's gonna be pretty how how are you feeling? I get that from everybody I talk to. Fighting one of my favorite fighters. So it's interesting to have a name that everybody can recognize, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a big, a big uh, one of my biggest uh, draws or eyes on this fight. So those are always cool to have people watching. Yeah. And that's how you, you know, level up and get your name into, like, bigger, obviously. And I, I feel like this has got to be one of his last fights, of, you know. You're gonna retire him, I imagine, because he probably should. I feel like he sh maybe should retire. Have retired. I'm not sure. What do you think? Um, you never know with, with different people. You know, um, you can't really tell them when they're gonna their time's gonna be done. It's just how it goes with this sport. You look at some guys fighting at 41. Like I just saw Holly Holm. She's still fighting at 41. I thought she was gonna call it done. She never said anything about retirement. No. So, um, it all I think it requires is like how much damage you're taking in this thing and how many how many injuries and, and blah blah blah. And some people are a little lucky than others that they have less injuries and they're able to, to continue their sport. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the high, uh, the larger weight divisions like Andre Vlovsky, he's like looking better than ever. And he's my age. I'm forty five. I think he's a little younger, but still, um, it's inspiring. He's 41 or 42. And yeah. I'm looking at Andre like, those are the guys that I'm trying to compete with, you know, um, to be doing it. Like, But no disrespect to them, but I don't know anybody else who's doing it at my age, doing it with as many fights as I have. Like, I have close to 50 fights, you know? Wow. Yeah. This is going to be the third almost. I did one in December. I did one in... I think February or somewhere like that. Now we're here in Ju we're here in July. I plan on that's three pretty close, you know, and gonna be knocking out a few more before the end of the year. Who's been that active? Uh, let's see. Not not many people are standing out like right now. I know um, that one dude, Strick not Strickland. Strickland's fighting a lot though. Strickland comes from where I come from. Me and him train together. They, it's a it's a certain regimen that us IE guys have, you know, we're really thinking about this money. We're really thinking about getting out there and being the, the toughest guys we can show and prove. So we both have that in similar fashion. But again, Strickland doesn't have 50 fights. No. Yeah. I was I thinking mean, of Holland. Half of mine. That's what I'm saying. You can't tell me guys that are doing it at my age with this amount of fights. It's not going to happen. You can't find many. Are you doing any type of, like technologically advanced training that or or like 
monitoring of your health and stuff to make sure you're at the highest level? Um, right now, as you can see, this little thing right here on the side of me, it's a pod. Yeah. I just got out of it later to do this interview, but uh, it's this new thing that I've been learning about called CVAC. And it's, uh, I, I can't say the exact word, but I'm going to say it's controlled variation, altitude, uh, something like that. Simulation. Simulation, probably. Um, yeah. And basically what it does is it's throwing these different altitudes at you. So I'll be at 27,000 feet, and then you'll do a drop from one sec, a one-second drop from 27,000 feet to below sea level, you know? Weird. And what it does to your body is doing this pulling and pushing with the fluids in your body. It helps recovery. It helps uh, with getting more oxygen into the body. There's so many different benefits with it, um, and they just haven't been really to, able to uh, get it out to the public yet. And so it's my little secret that's been keeping me young. Nice. I'm trying. I'm like trying to do everything I can to stop aging. I'm 45. I'm like at the middle age. It's like you try it. To try, where, where are you? Where are you from? Where are you at? I'm in Colorado. I'm in at 8,500 feet sea, uh, above sea level. I'm in the mountains. Yeah. yeah, you're at 85, and so a lot of people that go and train those different places, they feel that, you know. Um, and so everybody's leaving early out to Utah to get out there and, and be ready. I'm sitting here still in California. I don't need that. While you guys are at 8,000, I'm at 27,000. You know, you can't yeah. can't beat it. Yeah, that's what next. That's like you're in an airplane or something. Yeah, if you get lightheaded, you get like all these different feelings you get that go through this process. But it's really, it's really interesting. Uh, Henry Henry Shuhudo is the only person I know that does it. Nice. Yeah. Well, he's someone that you could take pointers from, right? Or whatever. I know a lot of people were trying to train with him as, you know, while he was retired and. I, I like what he does with his visualization and just in pre-act, like acting out the the whole scene before it happens. He'll like go, you know, like do a mock fight, walk into the ring, and then do the hand raising at the end of like he won type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking lame to me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a lot of people do it in the like on these success self help books. They talk about visualizing what you want to happen so, before it happens. I get it to a certain extent, but didn't you lose? Yeah, I did lose. Did you visualize it right? I know. Well, what if the other guy visualized? So, fuck all that bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. To me, like, don't get me wrong. I I kind of see what you're saying about visualizing, but you're not God and you can't control anything. All you can control is what you can control is what the work you do and how much output and input you put in. That's it. They say that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we all have like a little bit of God-like potential within us, whatever that means, you know. I'm just some people got to be of the devil. So are those people like same the same too? They have the same. I know, I right? Know. I just don't judge people. I don't judge any of that stuff. I live in the moment. You know, all I can control is right now, today, wow. tomorrow. One of us may get hurt tomorrow. Blah blah blah. The fight could be off. Blah blah blah. And so, I just live for today. I don't even think about tomorrow and worry about next week when I fight. I just worry about today and what I can do today and what I can be ready for today. Yeah. 
that's the best way to be. I mean, I wish I could be like that. Sometimes I'm like stuck in my head and I'm worried about tomorrow or pat the past. And Yeah. My coach taught me this. He's like, sometimes you can look at the whole week and you're like, man, I got to go hard all week long. And if you just did Monday, Monday was really exhausting. And you think about the whole week's going to still be that same way. You'll go like, fuck. So um, sometimes you can't even break it down into a whole day. Sometimes you got to just say, hey, I'm going to do this hour of this and, and just take it segment by segment, step by step, instead of looking at the whole process. The whole process is too long. It's too frustrating and, and it can destroy you mentally. So just focus on being in the moment because it, tomorrow, who knows? Like my old coach told me something, there's injuries, there's blah, blah, blah. And you got all this worry and you did all this work and you thought about all these different things that may not happen. The fight could get canceled. You could get moved to another card and have to do a camp over again. So just be in the moment. That is the goal. I really try to focus, to, to be in the moment. And there's there's books, you know, written up in, like uh, this guy Eckhart Tolle, the, he wrote The Power of Now. I don't know if, do you read self-help books or anything like that? Or you're just like. Oh, no. <laughs> I got kids, bro. Kids. How many kids you got? I got I got three kids: one black, one white, and one Mexican. And nice. they're in three different places, so I have to be in three different places all the time, worrying about three children. Trust me, I don't have time to be reading. I got I got real life issues, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I I have a daughter, and so, I mean I have one, and so I they can take up some like occupy your time and mental you know and and three different backgrounds i can see if they're all in the same home and you can just have class and and everyone's in home it's different you got to go to this house to that house to this house to and then and then the programming is that they're with their mothers and their mother has a certain way to run things and i have a certain things certain that that i see things so when they get with me i have to reprogram them and make them understand like oh okay well yeah but we don't pay attention to those things. Those are, you know, those are your feelings, but let's just focus more so on these things and doing these things, you know? And that's my program. So they have their mother's side and my side. Nice. Yeah. They need the father and that wisdom and guidance. And the mother is like nurturing and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need them both. Yeah. So kudos to you. Congratulations on the three kids. Um, so. Let's see. Like, how did you, like, can you tell me, like, a little bit about how you, your childhood and where you grew up and how you got into fighting and stuff? Um, my childhood, my childhood, I was in foster care since I was, like, five years old. I've been, I was kind of raised with my grandmother pretty much the whole way until I was about 15. She died. When she died, then she just got kind of rough, you know. Um, I ended up staying here staying there i stay with people that like don't even speak english i stay with you know the mexican homies and then me and my mexican homie went like when we turned 18 we went to the military but then i got kicked out because i got in a fight with a private who wasn't even in our company i was the number one private in my company he comes over he's a jackass and he's mad because he doesn't have any of his friends around anymore so he wants to be a jackass and in the army one fucks up we all get fucked up and so I told him something, he mouthed it off, and we got into a fight. From there, I got kicked out. I got a general discharge. From there, I'm back into the streets now. Um, I'm staying with this family, that family, house to house, whatever way I can make it work. I'm working this job, working that job, warehouse jobs. 
I meet a woman within a month and she gets pregnant. And so how does she get pregnant? How does she get pregnant? <laughs> what you mean? How does it happen? Pregnant <laughs> thing, you know? And she never left my side because we worked at the same job together. So we worked the same job together, then we come and hang out together. And she just never left my sight. So I knew it was mine. And uh, from there, I'm now going to be a father. And I'm scared. I know what my childhood was like. And I just didn't want to, like, I knew I didn't, wasn't even prepared, you know, to be a father yet. But I was so scared that I just jumped on two jobs. So one job was working six days in a warehouse. I would leave and go to Mexico and fight Mexico for 800 bucks, 850 bucks, you know, and, and nice. take that money, come back home, deposit it, hold it, put it away. And I just start saving money up, saving money up until he was born. And so I always tell my son, my oldest, that fighting came because of you. I got this. And he's like, you're a good fighter. I'm like, brother, I did this because of you. You came in my life and I had to figure out how to make it, how to make it happen, you know? How, how old were you? When I had my son? Uh-huh. 21. Nice. Okay. I was 23. And it was kind of a similar situation. She got pregnant like the first time we were together and it was a whirlwind, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know anybody else was having these situations, bro. It's, it's crazy, you know, especially because you guys don't know each other that well. Yeah, no, and it was a fucking nightmare because she was kind of horrible, the mom. And I was not really even – I was. it happened so fast. I wasn't sure if it was mine. It, she, my daughter, Madison, shout out. Yeah, we always have those doubts, but when it comes out, you look at you and you say, oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah. When I, when she came out and I held her, it was kind of weird, actually. I, I She handed her to me, and we were split up already at this point, and it was like – God or this weird moment where I'm looking at her and this light was shining from above and I knew right away and it was beautiful and she and she, she was literally born on my birthday on my 23rd birthday and so. so my story is this is that when I was uh when she was pregnant um this girl all she would eat was Thai food I wasn't even really into Thai food I didn't know anything about it she got me into Thai food so all she would eat while she was pregnant was Thai food. I feed her this stuff, and I talk to the belly, you know, hey, hey Jeremiah, hey, I just talked to his belly, hey Jeremiah, you know, and so when we had the baby, he came out and he was screaming, going crazy, going crazy, you know, and I went like this, went Jeremiah, and it just went pitch quiet. Nice. And then he started screaming again, screaming again. The doctors can't get him to be quiet. The mom couldn't. No one can get him to be quiet. And I'll go. She's like, do it again, Jeremiah. He get pitch quiet. Wow. It was like such a, a powerful moment that he knew my voice out of anybody's. I just dope. got chills. That's really cool. Yeah, it was amazing. That is so cool. And uh, obviously, you guys didn't stay together. Are they, like, local, at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's in the IE. I stay in the IE. I try to Inland stay Empire, here. for those of you. Inland Empire. I'm going to die here. I'm, I'm trying to get back to my city and the places that helped me grow up. I want to build the cities back up. I want to help the people out in those areas. So that's what it is. Yeah, I grew up in, in uh, like Orange County, which is not it's, – it's within radius. Speaking while, you, while you're a Tony fan, even more. Probably, yeah. yeah I love yeah. – and I, I love – I mean, I love the Mexican culture that, and, he, you know, that fighting spirit – and he mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. exudes that. He also did, did, was doing the Wing Chun when I was super into that. I mean, the movies, 
know. But Wing Chun don't hit back. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a stupid doll, a little metal wood doll. It don't hit yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Trees don't hit back. Ooh, those things don't hit back. I don't even really like to hit power, power bag. They don't hit back. You know, yeah. you better be able to work on your skills. And so I think that's going to be the determining factor in our two careers is, hey, there's something that you didn't really pick up well is these things ain't hitting you. And you're not going to be able to develop the, the speed and the time that my punches come at. Most people can't see. They don't even realize they're going to get hit. And they don't realize how hard they get hit either. When I fought Dober uh, two fights ago, Dober was like, fuck, you were hitting me so hard. And, and I'm like, bro, you don't even know it. I have I had hand surgery and I couldn't hit you as, as hard as I wanted to. You know? And yeah. so imagine if I wanted to really crack you. It is what it is. Yeah, he, he's tough. I mean, obviously it didn't go your way, but it was a good fight. And then and uh, he's, I mean, that division is, is fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. He just got himself knocked out too. You know, it goes around, it comes around. This is the sport, especially in my in our division. Yeah. You can get you can be here today, going tomorrow, you can you can slip and get one hit like with Dober, I felt like I don't even think you remember him touching me really. And then all of a sudden one shot and it's done. You know, where I was I felt like I was schooling him. I was yeah. schooling him. Easy fight, it was working great, I had everything going well. Yeah. One shot and it's over. You know? Yeah, I've never had that happen to me. I've been hit. You ain't had 50 fights. No. Yeah. And once you've been in this industry long enough, there's going to be so many different things that happens to you that you didn't expect. Like, I fought Tiago Moises, and he hit me right in my eye, and I had to fight two rounds of the fight blind out of one eye, you know? And so to be able to fight with one eye was something for me to, to fight through that whole exactly change. Um, when I fought Dober, to, to now get where – you're having such thing happen, and the guy throws a Hail Mary, and all of a sudden, he catches the ball. There's going to be games like that, you know? There's going to be games like that, just like a football game, where you were doing great, and they just, good. It's good, you know? Yeah. I was. I reached out to your last opponent. I'm, I can't think of his name real quick. What's his name again? Jared? Yeah, uh, the guy with the headbutt. Yeah, 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 Jared, yeah. Jared Gordon, yeah. And yeah, I had Jared. reached out to him after the patty fight because i thought he had won that fight and i was like yeah he won that fight totally totally fucking won that fight and everybody gives patty this like he's some kind of conor mcgregor you're not conor mcgregor sorry man look <laughs> stupid with that haircut right oh i tell me about it it's like why is this guy so popular i don't even get it because they got a country behind him brother and that's yeah. what i'm trying to explain to you it's like like you just said it earlier you're a Mexican, right? Yeah. So you like Tony because the Mexican pride. Yeah. And then you, and then then he's got a whole country behind him, and then Connor's got a whole country about him. But what about me? How did you find out about me? Just watching you fight. Because I put my hard fucking work in here. Okay. It wasn't no fucking race to be behind me. Ain't no niggas be over here to be bump jump behind me. Like Bob. No, no, no. There's nobody. I can barely get my friends to watch my fights. They're not even gonna pay for them. Okay. So understand how I got in this industry is through hard work and people liking my style and my skills that I bring. Yeah. That's where I got here. Not through some, some, oh, well, he's my, he's my race. Right. And he's this and he wants to be, no, no, no. I got here with hard work. Okay. Not to say, not to take anything from any other gentleman, but when it comes to these guys like me and my session, it's, it's a lot different. It's just different. I had to work for it. 
you know? Totally, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I started this underwear company 10 years ago, and the last people to support you are your friends and your family. family. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I go. Yeah, they don't want to see you succeed, maybe, because it would reflect poorly on them. I don't know what it is, brother. I don't know what it is. They want you to to humble yourself and and you can just live this life. They don't want you to live this life, you know, just this life. It's okay for you. That's okay. But if you're not okay with it, then there's something wrong with you. There is something wrong with me. It's not, I mean, there's something within me that won't accept the status quo. You know, I need more. Sorry. I want to shine. I want to kill. Like, I want to dominate and stand out amongst my peers and that's how you that's what drives like america at least man amen brother i believe the same thing i believe the same thing and i think all these different people that are okay with me mediocrity you know just being okay you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not okay with that i I want something more and so i've had my own goals like my goals is never to be a champion my goal was to come into this industry Take sure, take care of my kids, and make sure all each one of my kids have a home that, that no one can move them out of. I've been in foster care. I've been in fifty different homes. Oh, yeah. So I want them to have a home that they can never leave, that is paid off. And so to be debt free, owning each one of my homes right now, those are my goals. I'm not trying to do any of this for clout or, or any of it. like, brother. I'm be honest. I didn't want to do this interview. If you were looking at me earlier, I didn't want to do this interview. I know. But, <laughs> but you guys are putting money in my pocket. I'm like, let's do it. You know, I'll do it for this reason. And, and I actually like your underwear too. I love the fucking underwear. Awesome. I, I, wonder, I was supposed to wear my BMF ones today. I was supposed to wear them today and moon you, but I left uh, them. <laughs> that's all right. That's what's up. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and, so we and all you got know, our own goals. we got all yeah. our own goals. What are your goals? I am just trying, it's kind of like you, you know, just to survive. I mean, I want to get ahead, not to survive. I want to get ahead and, and stand out, but I don't necessarily need to be number one. But I want to be up in the top in the rankings and take care of my friends and family, the people that work for the company. I was good right there, the friends and family. That's all that means something to me is to be able to get my friends and family whenever they're in need, to be that guy that they can call on, and, and that's okay, you know, like, Right now, I got a couple friends that stay with me, and they lost their job. And they're like looking at me like, well, you're going to kick me out, you know? I fucking feel, feel like that little mm-hmm. awkwardness. And I'm like, this is why I signed up for this, because I got big shoulders. You can lean on me when you're in trouble, because if the government found you, they'd say, get the hell out, you know? And you have an eviction notice on your record, and, and you have your stuff out, you know? And so I'm here to kind of let you lean on me a little bit and, and, and hopefully things will get better for you and, and, and those times. People don't, um, governments don't understand hard times, you know? They don't understand none of that. They understand white and black. Either you got it or you don't. Oh my God. Yeah, the world we're living in today is just madness. You know, with, with the government and the corruption and the, the lies, they'll just like blatantly tell you, we got, you know, I don't own a jet. There's just caught John Kerry. So, you know, he's trying to be the czar for um, climate change. And they're like, but don't you own a private jet? He's like, I don't, I've never owned a private jet. That's my wife's jet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, after they caught him, he didn't even admit that until they were like, oh, didn't it? it just said that you sold your family jet. And he's like, well, that was my wife's jet. Um, but my point is in like, they're 
just insane and they'll lie to the rich. Problems of the rich. I know, right? It's the yeah. Crimea River. They're and they're they're doing they're human beings, you know, they're just doing probably what they're trying to take care of their family. But it's gross. But there's a certain point where where where's enough is enough, you know? Yeah. Like Adam Twenty Two. I don't know if you know who that is. You know who that is? Uh-uh. He's one. They have one of the biggest uh, hip hop shows, and he let his wife have sex on camera. You know, but he made a bunch of money. He said he made ten million. You know, when he had already thirty. It's kind of like where's enough is enough. Uh-huh. Where's the line where it's like, all right, I got enough money. You know. Yeah. Like I said, like, I'm not trying to make a killing where, like. Where I make millions of dollars. I don't know if that ever happens in the UFC with the way our prices go and stuff. But at the same time, I'm just trying to make enough that I'm debt free. I don't got to call anybody to ask for anything. You know, that's really it. I'm not trying to be the richest, the biggest. No, I just need enough that I can take care of my family. We don't got nobody come knocking on the door and saying, get out. <laughs> you owe us this. You know, everything I have is paid for. And that's all I, that's all I wanted. My wife and I, well, my wife like brought up this conversation this morning about the UFC and how much it would cost to give everyone health care and a minimum wage, you know, just like a, like in the army. I was in the army. I did my two tours in Iraq and I did six years and they gave you a basic allowance for housing. And um, she was saying if, if they could just do that for the UFC, that would be one thing. Right. But the, how do you feel about that? I got a bunch of mixed feelings, you know, with, with the UFC. They take care of me, and, and yeah. I appreciate that very much. Like, my grand, when my little brother got killed, they put the money up for a funeral. So I'm, wow. I'm in debt to them. I don't ever want to talk bad about them and stuff. Yeah. But I do understand, like, we're all trying to get some place, you know? We're all trying to get somewhere. And and not trying to be – Dana said this. Dana said, if I gave you this amount of money, you're going to ask for more money. Everybody wants more money. And that's going to be an issue, you know? So all I'm saying is something that could suffice, that could help to, to uh, or at least that we're moving closer to somewhere. Like right now, the bonus has been 50000 for 30 years. Whoa. We heard of infl- inflation. That's not the same. It's not the same as it was. You know, I can see if you got 50000 30 years ago. That was amazing. Yeah. But now it's a little bit different. And so... I still like to see the company grow in other ways, you know. Um, the, the 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 bottoms grow for the for the guys that are coming in. Those guys grow up a little bit, you know. I like to yeah. see the bonuses move a little bit. I'd like to see different things that happen for the company that we need to show that we're still growing. But they're taking that money and they bought WWE and like twenty one billion, but you couldn't give us a <laughs> couldn't break a million down out of it. Yeah, we were doing the math, and it was like if you make a billion, and it would cost a million dollars a year to give everyone a minimum wage. That's less than a tenth of a percent to of of the company's gross earnings, and that's probably it's like probably like one yeah, percent of Dana White, Dana White's earnings. You know, I think their focus is, hey, we're building a new facility in Mexico. Hey, we're building this other facility, and and that's where money is going for those things, and that's to grow the company in that way. And I said, okay, that's cool. I mean, you got a PI there, you got a PI there. That's kind of cool, you know. But at the same time, like, I just think we just need a little more growth. But well, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll yeah. get there. Well, I mean, we so then we got into the NFL. There's a th- like 1,200 or 1,600 NFL players 
the the average wage for an NFL player is like 1.6 million and the average wage for a UFC fighter is like uh, 1.160,000 but that's probably taking into consideration like Conor McGregor and Yes, I was going to say what the Yeah. Like the <laughs> interesting you know yeah and well like 38 percent of all ufc fighters make less than twenty five thousand dollars a year so it's like almost half and my boy uh uh basil hafez just debuted um last week in the ufc he got called up from fury he fought this number 14 guy who's like from australia i can't think of his uh, name uh, uh jack jack uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I heard that he really won that fight. It was so close. It was so good. I would have given it to Huff, my boy, Hafez, but he uh, he did get fight of the night, so he did get the 50 Gs. And I'm assuming he got probably, like, what, like 12000 or something for showing? Probably so. Probably so. Um, and w- with you and fighting Jared a couple of, like, a month ago at this point, um, you just you just get the show money? Is that what happens in that scenario? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so uh, every time I fight, I fight to get a full prize, you know. And, and if I'm going to not get my full prize, it better come on my end of it lower where I went down on my shield, you know. Right. So it sucked that I was fighting Jared. And to be honest, I felt like he, he kind of, like, took Pitched a fish out. way out of it, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. okay. Shit happens. It happens. Shit happens. Let that shit go. On to the next. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I want him to fight Patty. But I'm... I'd rather you fight, fight Patty and just dominate off and build your name even bigger than it is. I mean, pretty much everyone that watches the UFC knows who you are, but in my opinion, right? I mean, you're a star. Be honest. Yeah. Be honest. Uh, they keep, keep, keep me in the dark pretty much until this point where I'm starting to show that I can be a star. You know, it's, it's really interesting. Like I went to the, the UFC signing. I had Glover Shakespeare next to me. I had, jo- uh, jo- what was her name? Joanna Jacek. I, I knew you were going to say came that. Out, I came out like two, three minutes late, and all the crowd was going crazy for me. I was like, they know who I am? Like, Hell yeah. And I could tell they were both looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm just making my own way, bro. I make my own way. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm you're doing, doing it. I'm right. You have a really cool like demeanor and attitude and just way about you where you're you're just like easily digestible. I guess I, I don't know how to say it. You know, it's like this guy's cool. I like his vibe. You got a great vibe. I don't know. I don't know what it is, brother. I'm just being me, and and hopefully this shit work. You know, where it can get me, get me paid, where I can take care of my family. I'm just being me, and I. That's all I can do, brother. I don't know how to say I'm doing right or I'm doing wrong. Because I hear sometimes I say crazy shit and sometimes I say cool shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. And well, and, and you, with today, this day and age, you like you have to be careful with what you say. Yeah, you'll but... get your ass canceled quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I support Andrew Tate. I lost like 60,000 fans in like two days. Oh, my God, dude. I just so got to off... be like. You gotta play back and, and play like you can't have an opinion. If you have a pen, that's the wrong opinion, you'll get yourself cut up, you know? Dude, I was just talking to his management, Andrew Tate's management. He just signed with Rumble and they were pitching me to sponsor him. And I, I before because I said I like controversy and I like controversial um, 
you know people to work with and and so he, and he got and he was quiet for a second and he was like what do you think about Andrew Tate? And I was like, oh shit, because that could be because huge. It's, it's such an inflammatory thing. I know you're gonna say it's yeah. so like, well, you can be on this side or this side, and they're like, well, what do you feel about it? You're either bad or you're good now, you know? I know. And I but... believe every person has the right to, like, I think he's good for men, first of all. But secondly, uh, until you're proven guilty, you know, until he's proven guilty, I would say like, hey, you know, I would give him a chance, you know. Now I understand. I'm just going to stand back and look at everything and let it all play out, and then I make my decisions, you know? So you, you what, did you, like, retweet him or something? or? Um, I've always been a fan of him since he came out. Me too. And this fucker went to go hang out with Sean O'Malley. I'm like, fuck that guy. Come hang out with the real fucking trenches, you know? Uh, um, but he had put a post, like, man, like, when he was still in jail. This is what happened when he was in jail. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm going to let you know, bro. I'm going to still push for you. I'm I'm riding with you, you know, whatever hooking goes on, whatever goes on. And so I put a couple posts out and I can see the women came at me in my in my in my DMs, like, hey, how dare you? I'm like, hold on a second. First of all, it's just to see, let's do it this way. He's trying to talk good for men. I'm not talking about any of the other stuff that happens in terms of what his business was or what or any of that stuff was. I understand, trust me, I got three baby moms. I understand women. Okay, I've been around a lot of women, so I understand them pretty good. And a lot of times, a lot of this stuff, they'd be allegations, you know? Mm -hmm. They'd be allegations with no proof. And and, and then the proof that shows that the women were leaving, the, they were going around and stuff, and it just, like, it just got a little messy. And so next time I'll just close my mouth and let that be. Uh, I, I support, and, and if he knows or not, oh, maybe he'll see it one day, maybe he won't see it. Yeah, yeah, I like... All the stuff he was saying about you know men basically being stronger and masculine and not yeah, being like yeah. the thing about like I take this down to the feeling to, to the uh, to the heart was the feeling things I always remind myself whenever I, I like there's dark thing that come in my voice and say man you're tired I go uh uh these feelings you know I noticed once ever I told myself I was tired then I had started having a bad performance yeah but if I never tell myself these things or I never analyze myself. And I tell a lot of men this, don't analyze yourself, you know, stop thinking about how you feel. I'll be with my girls, uh, my mothers of, of the girls, I'm with my kids. Yeah. And uh, they'll be like, well, how do you feel? They ask me these things and kids don't know exactly how to feel. And so you can tell them how to feel some ways. You can help them program them to be positive or negative. And so when you sometimes you give them an option, you know, I got an option to be good or bad. And usually bad gets me more attention. So... I feel sad. I feel like this, and now I get more attention. Yeah. But the same way sometimes I've noticed with a kid, say he falls on the ground, hurts himself. If I tell him, oh, you're good, you're good, and, I'm, and I distract him from the hurt, and I say, yeah, yeah, send him one, he'll be fine. But if I give it attention, like, oh, my God, you know, like, girls, I'll give him attention, oh, my God. Then he'll go, wait a minute, I'm supposed to, am I supposed to act different? I'm supposed yeah. to cry right now, or I'm supposed to, you know, really dwell on this pain. And so... It's just different trains of thought. That's a good way to set them up, you know, for the future. It's you are kind of like nudging them in this direction. Like, don't follow that feeling of scared and hurt. Just yeah, don't ever think about your feelings, bro. I'm afraid of planes. I've jumped. I've done all the like. I, I fly planes all the time. I'm afraid of heights. You know, I hate needles. I gotta give blood. 
these are all the things I have to do, and I have to conquer my fears all the time. And I can't think about, well, I don't want it, and I don't want to. Osana came when they wanted to take blood. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter how you feel. Get it done. Yeah, that's well, then that's why you're successful. I mean, it's all like it. Uh, there's a mind state that is required to make it in this world. Be successful, yeah, yeah. And that's a lot about like some of the things this podcast is about because I interview successful people in whatever field they might be in and talk about what what they do differently. You know, like what makes you different, and can you answer that? What makes you different? Yeah. Then who? Then the then, average person? Yes. Okay. Uh, I would say what makes me different, like I tell my friends, the difference between me and you is I never quit. I, I give my best. Um, even when I don't want to do something, it, it, that's the difference. You don't want to do this, and when I feel that feeling, I still do it anyway. That's the difference between the two is you don't want to do this, and matter of fact, sometimes they'll make me mad. It's like, you don't want to do this, so now I'm going to go do it because you didn't want to go do it. So you could show so them. I'm just a little crazy like that. I'm a little tweak myself out where I'm like, I remember, like, like I said, I'm afraid of heights. We went to Mexico and it was this big jump, you know, three stories into the water, you know? And I'm like, I'm over there with the girls scared. My homies are jumping off. They're having fun, you know? And I'm over there scared with the girls, like, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I had to trick myself and say, hey, like, fucking just run and jump. You know, just fucking run and jump. And I did it. And I, you know, I'm like, all right, at least I conquered that fear. Wow. Yeah. Like, don't think, just do it. Act, just do know. it. Yeah. We start analyzing and thinking and all that stuff. No, don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. You talk yourself out of it. Like, I, like you sh I should not have started an underwear company in 2010 because, like, who, who would, you can't, you can't be successful. If, if I were to overanalyze, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. And a lot of people... Speaking of that, go ahead. what is the hole for in the underwear? I mean, it's for your dong, but <laughs> it initially the main pouch, it's okay. all, it was just one pouch. So uh -huh. and you just put your balls in the pouch to keep them off your legs. That was, you know, so you don't have so to... So you put your balls in the pouch? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, man, is this a secret, like... Buck hole or something, I stick my dick to the hole, but I was like, it's not gonna fit through the hole. Uh, what is the hole for? I'm so confused. Yeah. Then I thought, and then I thought it was a stash spot. I'm it like, man, be. maybe we could stash my weed in here if the police get on me. You know? Yeah. So I was like, so confused. I'm fair. Thank God I get to actually ask you, what the fuck is the hole for? So now I'll put my balls in the fucking slide. Yeah, in the, in the pouch. Well, now there's this other dude. He told me he sticks his balls through the circular. Thing. he puts it all through there and i'm like holy shit i know i was like if if, if it works for you <laughs> you know then, holy shit then that then would be a little it. workout in the morning <laughs> and it's like it's like one of those uh cock rings or whatever for i i, I don't know why people use those <laughs> i think i know why but that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah i'm it, it that's like i said like i couldn't fit everything through that circular Exactly, oh, exactly. Yeah. But uh, to each his own. Um, but like what you said a minute ago, like I don't quit. Like that's where every – that's the biggest statement because once you quit, it's over. It's over. 
And a lot of people are going to quit at the first sign of some kind of obstacle, you know, where it gets tough. Yeah. 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 All my fighters that I talk to, like, uh, I try to explain to them, your life is your life because of your choices. It's not because of anything else. Like, they ask, like, whoa, whoa I want to be like you. I want to get to the UFC. I'm like, listen, this thing looked like it was never coming. I did so many fights, and I thought, okay, I'll get signed if I did this and did that. It never came. I thought it was never coming, but I just never gave up. I, I always did my best. I worked harder, worked two jobs. All the way up into the UFC, I was still working two jobs, you know? And so they thought, and they only have one job, is to be a fighter. They don't do anything else but be a fighter. I'm like, I had to go work and be a fighter. Like, you have no idea what it took to get here. Yeah, exactly. Like the lot of the the way things are set up these days. I'm like, how are you guys surviving without working? <laughs> you know, like where's the money coming from? But because I mean, we so you grew up a similar. I'm 45. You're like 35. Six. Six. Yeah. Okay, so not too big of a difference. Like, how old were you when you got your first cell phone? You know. Sheesh. You think you're a teenager still, or? No, uh, uh, 19. Right. I know, right? And these kids are, like, you know, growing up. When I could afford it. Nobody bought me no cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even get anybody to teach me how to drive. Like, I literally had to go. Like, you know, my family would let me get behind the cars or their, or their cars. I had to go from the Mexican homies. And the Mexican homies. His mom gave him a car, and they are, he already knew how to drive, so he would take me on the side, and we'd go and just learn. And I learned from him, you know? Nice, nice. That's what's up. So um, the foster care thing is interesting because my wife is – she's been talking about it since we've been married, and I've been open to it. It's not like I'm excited about it because especially the way she talks. something, taking someone in? A foster, yeah. Like to start off with fosters, potentially to adopt – and um yeah like what what do you think about that people need to do it interesting you know um damaged kids brother you know and you don't know what kind of damage you're gonna get you know um it's like it's like kind of like going to a uh what is it what is it uh a vet to go get a dog right you don't know if they were beating that dog before you know, you don't know what's happening to that dog before or what problems he has. And so I remember when I got my first white family, like, they didn't understand me at all. Like, like just two different cultures. I remember asking my mom for, like, hair grease. I asked for grease. I didn't even say hair grease, I said grease. And she's like, wait a minute. Like, you mean, like, on the stove? Like, I'm like, no, no, hair grease. Like, I, I have to have moisture in my hair, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like. So confused, you know, wow. um, the way they, the upbringing of, of households, because where I came from, it's kind of like more on my own. I can do what I want. My grandmother just would say, come back before the street lights, you know, yep. it's kind of like my own. She started as she started getting older. She couldn't do so much. So I became my own adult now in this white home where I had to be only way I could leave was in a car. And that car, they needed to know the license. They needed to know who they were, blah, 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 you know, um, I ran away, you know, um, you, you don't understand. Like I might've been running away since I was nine years old. So when you get me, you don't know why this kid just runs away. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't know why they do what they do. And, and so it's a, it's a lottery pick, bro. You can find a good kid. You can find a bad kid, you know? 
Yeah, a friend of mine um, has he has this ten year old son, and two of his friends are these two little black boys who are foster kids, and they're with this white family, and they're twins, and but they're kind of like badish when they talk each to, uh they kind of hype each other up and if one of them has an idea then they both kind of team up together uh, yeah team up together and, and they ran away recently um but i think they're back but this family's trying to you know keep them because even though they ran away you know they're not like we're done with you they're just trying to work with them and um i don't know and like it for me, I'd be like, well, if you don't want to be here, then you know, I might maybe, but that's why I'm trying to get gauge. They're gonna like, test your patience, bro. They're gonna test you, you know. Yeah, it's gonna you're gonna get tested. Every false kid I knew, there was some work to do with them, you know. There was some work. How you can know? you talk? How can you like break through to them and let them know like we're trying to help you, <laughs> or whatever, or be a family even, you know? Listen, listen, listen. My my white family. And I told you that uh, the white family. They're still my family to this day. Beautiful. But at that time, they kicked me out of their house because they thought I stole a car. Remember I told you the Mexican homie that was teaching me how to drive? Yeah. So I can end up coming with the car home one day. I work at Stater Brothers, and I'm a little bag boy. I bag, bag, bag groceries yeah. and stuff. And me and the Mexican guy worked the same job. So he would let me take the car just to practice. I drive a block or two home and come back. Yeah. And so I already learned how to drive. So I'm driving. My little white brother sees me and he snitches on me and tells, you know, and I'm like, man, fuck you. I leave. I leave. And go back to work. You know, yeah. I come back home. They're like, hey, pack your shit and get out of here. You know, Oh my God. And so they're still my family to this day. But understand that I was just a wild kid. I was doing to do what I wanted to do. And I wasn't trying to listen. And, and it was very hard, you know, but. To this day, we, we we understand each other now, and, and I can be very thankful for the shit they did. I wouldn't be where I am without them, you know? And mm -hmm. so all I can tell you is, is is do the best you can. Uh, sooner or later, people will recognize good, yes. you know? As you get around another place, you're like, man, I wish they could go back to that place, you know? It was yeah. a lot easier over there, you know? Right. And so just be good and... And, and, and good people will recognize good things and be thankful for it, even if it may not show at that moment. Yes. Maybe they'll come back and say, man, I just want to shake your hand. Thank you so much for what you did, you know? I still yeah. tell my parents to this day. I thank them all the time. Like, man, you like my own dad, he put me in front of Ollie tapes. He just knew I was a crazy kid. So he put me in front of Ollie tapes and make me watch him, make me watch him. I nice. get my dad from Ali. I get to move my movement from Ali. And so I watched videos. Then he, after that, he would put me in the garage and make me hit a speed bat. He showed me how to do it. He's like, it took me three hours to learn this. Let's see how long it takes you. And I sat out there for three hours. So I learned it. You know? And nice. so I'm so thankful for those moments, even though at that time I gave my dad hell. I was yeah. messing with this Mexican girl down the street. Her parents found out. They came. They tried to keep the girl out. They tried to come back to our house. And I brought a bunch of drama to the house. I used to mess with girls and try to throw parties at their house. You know, and they were like, what the fuck? Like, <sighs> we don't have any kids that do this shit, you know? Yeah. So I was a bad kid. Yeah. But at the same time, I made sure I paid for everything I did. I made it right, you know? I made it yeah. right with them. I was wild, too. I mean, it's just stealing shit. I would break into shit. I got arrested, like, at least six times from 14 to 19 finally like culminating in a felony I had to actually do time in Jeez. middle Georgia 
because it, it went from like stealing to trying to sell weed to doing some little bit of powdery substances and then once the powders got a hold once you took your ass jail though all that shit stopped right yeah i mean the powders i when i got back out i was right back kind of where i left off kind of but i didn't touch well i did a little bit but then i stopped <laughs> because it's like your honesty yeah it was that shit is dangerous you know i still i smoke weed and i had to quit smoking weed to get into the army i joined at 26 so it was like later how old were you when you joined the army i was 18. i was okay, 18 so i i wreck war i was supposed to be in like my all our guys told us don't even ask us yes you're going to war you know yeah oh, i was yeah. kind of mad i got kicked out because my brother went my mexican homie went those are my battle buddies and shit and they went and i and I didn't get to fucking do the shit, and I felt stupid. You know, I even tried to get back into the army again. Like, but they were like, hey, you've been already like kicked out almost, you know? So, yeah. But, yeah. They, I got lucky kind of because I tried to get in and they wouldn't let me in. But then when Iraq was happening in like 2006, it was like Fallujah and everyone, it was like crazy. So they were letting pretty much anyone in. And so I got some waivers and they let me in, and I killed it. I did, I loved it. I did really well at, in the army, just you know, as a soldier. And then, but when I had the idea for Sheath, and then they were trying to send me on my third tour in what would have been four years or something, and I was just like, I'm, I'm gonna just try this thing, and I'm glad that I did, you know, yeah, the underwear thing. You're a freaking awesome man. I really like what you're doing with this underwear. I really like what, what, what you've been pushing. I hate to be the bear of bad news and try to cut this interview or anything like that, but I have a really busy day. I got so much other things to do. I got to get ready for boxing and go punch a few guys out. I'm so busy, brother. No, I, I thank you so much for your time. I pre, I knew I knew it was you were looking like you didn't really want to do it. I think we had a decent time. You saw my face, huh? You saw my face, huh? I was like, yeah. I was like, hopefully he doesn't see it, but you saw straight through me. Yeah. <laughs> and I but told myself, no. I'm going to get some energy. This guy is fucking taking care of me for so long. I better give him some energy and give him some real stuff. I just have to snap myself out of it. You know, I've been in so deep in the training that I hate distractions. As my weight gets lower, I get more irritable. Yeah. And I start fucking being addicted to people. And I'm like, just everybody leave me alone. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, but I, you snapped into it. You gave me a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I Bobby appreciate Green. you, brother. I appreciate you. For every dollar you put in my pocket, for every pair of underwear you gave me, man, it, it means the world to me, okay? Yes, sir. So I want some more BMFs, too. I need some more BMFs. Okay, we got you. I got a, a care package on the way. We got a new Cerrone pair. It's it's really cool. So I'll send you that. And Cerrone we'll be, pair? Yeah, Cerrone. Me and That's what had the, a little beef. We had a little beef for a second, but but he came by and he apologized for everything, so we're good now. We're good now. I'll wear them now, but before I'll probably be like, man, fuck that. But uh, now that we're cool, I'll probably wear them. Well, then I'll send you a, a, a nice array of things, and I'm not going to take any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll be watching your fight on the 291 card. King, everyone. King. RPG, let's go. Pow.